This morning is a good Sunday. Are you there? And uh, I want to speak to you this morning. We are into the month of June. And as we get into the month of June, I want to speak to you about the, the, the power of a discipled life. The power of a discipled life. You are only as powerful as much as what you are discipled. The power of a discipled life. And the Bible makes it very clear. I just want to read for you two, two scriptures and then I, I want to speak to you. The Bible says in Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 10, and Ephesians chapter number 2 verse number 19 Ephesians chapter number 2 verse number 19 says this now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God in other words as you sit here this morning you are sons and daughters of the most high God come on are you there sons and daughters say to your neighbor I'm a son I'm a daughter you are sons and daughters of the most high God if you are a son, that means you have rights. If you, are a, if you are a daughter, that means you have rights. You have an inheritance. You have royalty running in your blood. You are a royal priesthood. And I want us to understand this morning that many people get born into God's family, but they don't take it further than that. You have to take it further than that. The distance between being saved and becoming a son is called discipleship. Let me say that again. The process between being saved and becoming a son and a daughter of God is called discipleship. You have to be transformed into the image of Christ. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 29. The Bible says Jesus has got no other desire but to form Jesus inside of you. God the Father doesn't want to form you. He wants to form His Son. The Bible says, Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives inside of me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Come on guys, are you there? And so there's power in discipleship. I want you to understand that. But as you sit here this morning, you have been created for a very, very specific purpose. And all of us have got purpose. Are you there? When God sent you to the planet, He sent you because He had a purpose and it looks like you. But you will never realize your full purpose without realizing your potential. There are principles to your potential. Can I say that again? There are principles to your potential. As I stand here this, this morning and I look at all the gear that is around me, I can say, for example, to this iPad, ah, oh, but I don't believe that I should plug it in. I just believe I need, need to lay my hands upon it and then it shall work. No, not true. Because when, you, the, when Apple made this iPad, they had an idea in mind. They had a purpose in mind. The man that made it had the principles how it makes or how it functions. Come on, are you there? Let me say it again. The man that has made it, or the creator, has the privilege to give with what he has created, the principles, how to function it, or to, to work with it so that it maximizes its potential. So I can take this iPad in my hand and I can say, I promise you it will not work. I have to put it into the socket. I have to charge it and then it functions. Because I don't have the privilege of creating it. I am the one that benefits of that what is created. You and I, as we sit here this morning, you don't have the option but to abide with the principles. The principles maximizes your potential. Are you guys with me? For example, you won't take a, um, you won't take a, a car like a Z4 or a, a Porsche and you take it off-road. No, it's not been designed to go 4x4, designed for speed. And so every Christian that is here this morning, you've been designed to live the discipled life. And you can say, I, I don't think so. While Jesus said it, that makes it true. 
I want you to understand as you sit here this morning, you are not, your circumstances, the events and the things that are happening to you, though they might happen to you, is still not definitive of truth. Our experiences is not truth. Many of us, we have taken what has happened to us as truth. This is not true. Truth is truth and is a person. Truth is not an event. Truth is a person. Come on, are you there? And so this morning as we, as we go into it, I want us to understand because discipleship means that I've, I've given up my will and my will is swallowed up by the will of another. It means I, I no longer are the one that is controlling my life. I've given my life away. Come on, are you there? Jesus said it like this. He said, if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give it away and you give it for me, then you will gain life and life eternally. Come on, guys. I know this is, might not be popular truth, but it is, still remains the truth. Jesus says, all those that are believed in Him will become sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are called children of God. But again, you must move from being a, a child to becoming a son. Because creation is calling for the sons of God to be revealed. Come on, are you there? The sons of God. Please note that the sons of God to be revealed. You and I are no longer orphans. We are sons and daughters. We have received the spirit of adoption by which we may cry, Abba, Father. That's why I look at how you worship this morning. And I tell you to lift your hands. Because you can tell a lot about a person the way they worship. If they, if they stand like this all stiff, I promise you no breakthrough will come. If you stand like this, uh, we don't need to impress you. You can go home. If you come here, lift your hands to God. Worship the Lord. This is not an event. This is called an altar. There's blood on this, on this altar. There's prices that's been paid here. Are you guys with me? So when you come to church, worship the Lord your God. Give Him everything you have. Worship the Lord. Come on, are you guys there? Doesn't matter your background. Your background is under the blood. You can say, but I come from here. I come from there. Well, now you're here. Lift those hands and worship the Lord. The Bible says David worshiped the Lord with a shout. He worshiped the Lord with a dance. You have to know what you don't do right on earth, you're going to do right in heaven. That's right. And so if you don't worship the Lord here, I'm telling you, you're going to worship the Lord there and forever. And so I want us to understand Jesus wants lordship before He wants discipleship. Lordship is required before sonship is required. Because He doesn't want to be Lord of some, He wants to be Lord of all. He doesn't want to be Lord just over one area of your life, He wants to be Lord over all areas of your life. He doesn't want to be just Lord over your body, He wants to be Lord over your wallet. He doesn't just want to be Lord of your wallet, He wants to be Lord of your marriage. He doesn't just want to be Lord of your marriage, He wants to be Lord of your family. He doesn't just want to be Lord of your family, He wants to be Lord of your business. Everything that touches you, He must have Lordship over. It's not a question so much if do we believe it is a question of Lordship. Do we really give Lordship to Him? Is He really the one that we are submitted to as sons and daughters? Come on guys, are you, are you with me? And so it's a matter of Lordship. It is out of Lordship that sonship comes. And so as I, was, as I was looking at this, the Lord spoke to me some things and He said, the reason why you need discipleship is because you are the worst person to diagnose yourself. 
me say that again you are the worst person to diagnose yourself you cannot diagnose yourself you have to have other people that love you that diagnoses you come on that's why we are called into the body of Christ we are not called to an event we are we are in the interdependent of one another for example my knee needs my my foot my foot can wake up one morning and say I don't need the knee doesn't change the fact that he needs the knee come on are you there and so this morning I want you to understand to empower church come on I want us to understand God has called you to the disciple life but you cannot diagnose yourself one of the worst things that is happening right now in 2023 people are discipling and and they are diagnosing themselves it's the worst thing that you can do that's why God placed you in a body People are, the, are diagnosing their own issues, diagnosing themselves. You shouldn't. That's why God called you into a family. Because it's in the, in the together that we have power. Come on, two or more. The Bible, that's the pattern of the Christian. Two or more. It's never I. I, satanic nature. We, us. That's what the Bible wants us to do. Jesus requires that. Come on, we just sang that song. Jesus left heaven. Came to earth. To do what? To make sons and daughters that looks like disciples come and follow me the invitation is always personal and it's very in- intentional come and follow me you follow me please note that it is an individual it's an individual request you come and follow me but what about this one you follow me what about Simon no you follow me what about John no you follow me Please know that one day when we stand in front of the Father, I want us to understand this. One day when we stand in front of the Father, we will never be able to say, but because of John, because of Susan, because of this, because of that. No, you follow me and I will make you. I will make you a fisher of men. Come on, are you there? You follow me. It's a personal decision. Come on, Empowered Church. Are you there this morning? It is a personal decision. And so I want us to understand we are the worst at diagnosing our own problems. We need people. We need people in 2023 that can call you out on your stuff. That can challenge you and say, no, that bitterness, that rage, that anger, that malice, that deceit, that alcohol, it will steal your life. We need to, we have, we need to have men again that speak to other men and say, you can't treat your wife like that. We need women, mothers that speak to daughters again and say that is not appropriate gear to wear, sorry. But it's 2023, couldn't care, still same devil. Come on guys, we need discipleship, we need family. I want us to know this morning that in times of trouble, I promise you the TV doesn't show up. In times of trouble, Netflix couldn't care if you're alive. I'm not against Netflix. I watch Netflix all the time as I fly all over South Africa. It's, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that we start to be dependent on stuff that cannot help you. No, there is there's no fix to the problem. You have to do it the Jesus way. What is the Jesus way? Surrender your life. Take up your cross. Die to yourself and follow me. That is the Jesus way. But I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. I know. But I don't like it. It's costing me everything. I know. That's why none of you will make it out of this life alive. 
You cannot exit this life with this body in you or this body suit on you. Unfortunately, you have to put this in the grave. Come on, are you with me? What is it worth for us as human beings to gain the whole world yet we forfeit our souls? Come on, are you, are you okay this morning? And so I want us to understand and I, I want you to hear my heart this morning. Jesus has called us to the disciples' life. I want us also to note this morning that I think there's sometimes the uh, overemphasis on how much we are involved in us choosing Jesus. Let me say it again. I think there's sometimes an overemphasis in our own lives of how spiritual we are. We often in our language, we use sentences like it's me doing this and it's me doing that and it's me that have this revelation. It's me that have that. I want to remind you this morning that Jesus chose you. It's not the other way around. I want to remind you this morning that Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. I want you to understand this morning, you are only as spiritual as what you are chosen. We were chosen first. Come on. We are chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. I was chosen and I was placed in the ministry. Therefore, there's nothing to brag about, Paul the Apostle says. He says, what can I brag about? Jesus chose me. Jesus chose you. Come on, guys, are you there? Just give Jesus some praises this morning, please. And so, disciples, I want us to understand something. Disciples are dependent people. You're dependent. If ever you reach a place where you are independent, you are in a danger zone. You are dependent upon the Lord. If you are not dependent upon God, you don't need a Savior. Let me rather say it like this. And I, and I know I'm going to search you when I say it, but it's okay. If you, if, you don't, if you don't need God, if you don't need a God, then you are in danger. If you believe in your, in your mind, if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your thinking, hey, but I, I don't need the Lord because I'm okay, that is the most dangerous place you can be. Because Jesus says, I can this night, I can take your life from you. Come on, are you there? We are always a dependent people. We need people. And so the, the call of discipleship, the, the, the call that God has for us, the call is the call to discipleship. It's a, it's a call that is sometimes not convenient. And the Bible says this, listen to me. In Luke chapter number 14, verse number 33, it says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make church members. Therefore, and go and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to watch YouTube and to obey everything Netflix says. And surely I may be with you. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I am to the very end of the age. Is that what the Bible says? No, Scripture says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But there is a massive devil and you need to be afraid. Does it say that? Okay, then we mustn't act like that. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And when you run out of money, you need to be concerned because work out all your days because you have your future in your own hands. Yet we believe that because we live like that. 
All authority, the scripture says, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, not suggested to you. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. In other words, Jesus is saying to you, no height, no depth, no angel, no demon, no principality, no power, not a circumstance, not an event. There is nothing that is stronger than me, more powerful than me, nothing. I am the one. Come on, are you there? So Christ's call is personal. It is directional. He says, come and follow me and I will make you. I, wanna, I want you to understand this morning that you cannot coach yourself. You need to live a little to find that one out. But you cannot coach yourself. You need help. I remember a, a story of, and I, I'll say it in the first service, and I'll say it again. I remember many, many years ago, it's now many years ago that uh, that my dad, he worked at a place called Medical University of Southern Africa, Medunsa. And there was a man that, that won 56,000 rand. Now I'm talking 20, 30 years ago. And the next day, as he won the money at, uh, at Lotto, he came and he threw his bucket down the aisle. He threw his mop down the aisle. He quit. He said, I had money. Two months later, back. Found out 56K is not a lot. But more importantly, found out that the way you steward life is the way you end up with life. Life is about stewardship, church. God will never increase you on based on, on anything but your stewardship. Your increase lies in your stewardship. Your increase lies in the way you handle your talents, the way you handle your gifts. Jesus makes it clear, if you've been faithful with two, I can give you four. If you've been faithful with four, I can give you eight. If you're faithful with five, I can give you 10. But if you've done nothing with the one, I'm gonna take that one and I'm gonna give it to the guy that knows how to handle four or five or 10. Why? Stewardship. But we have to have a coach. The Bible says you have coach, the greatest coach in your life is the Holy Spirit. That's the biggest one. But the second one, you have to have people. Come on, because who do you call? Come on, think of me. The beautiful thing about church is this, the power lies in its fellowship. The power lies in its fellowship. And so there's, there's certain things that, that you can say this morning disciples me. You can sit here this morning and say, but only the Holy Spirit disciples me. And it's right to a certain extent. And He does disciple us because He is the one that speaks to us. Or you can say this morning, the word of the Lord disciples me and you would be right again. But there's a third category placed in there and that's called people. Because your Bible tells you that people disciples people. Come on, are you with me? And there's certain myths that, that I, I want to speak to you about this morning that why we are not uh, getting, why we are not being a disciple, why we are not part of it. The, the number one reason why people be believe that they don't need to be discipled is because they believe when they are in church they are being discipled. No, this is not called a discipleship group. This is called a celebration. We are here to praise the name. We are here as a worship ex extravaganza. We are here to worship together. We are here to hear the word together, but you're not getting discipled right now.
you get getting taught the word right now but what happens Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday that's called discipleship so the first great myth why many people are not getting disciples is because they believe church going coming to church is discipleship it's not the second reason why people are not getting discipled is because they are too busy they're just too busy they say my life is too busy my life is too busy to be discipled well then you must maybe change careers because if you're not getting discipled through somebody life is discipling you let me say it again if somebody is not discipling you and speaking into your life something in this world is discipling you it's either your passion after money that's discipling you or your love for your work that's discipling you something will disciple you my point is do not be discipled by things that have no eternal value people say I'm too busy well I think you have to change then because he said let my peace guide you he said let my rest guide you come on are you there let me take you to Psalm 23 quickly I make you lie down in pastures green some of you need to lie down a bit come on guys are you with me even as you sit here as a businessman a businesswoman wonderful you need people to speak into your life because you can only be as effective as this, the knowledge that you have in your business come on it's true I know what I'm talking about when I say this if you are knowledgeable think about yourselves let's say you've been 10 years 20 years 30 years in business you will tell a guy that just started off business to do business way different why you've learned some things but I promise you if you're in your industry if you don't keep on learning you'll stagnate we see this all around of many people's lives in, in many areas of lives we see people that have started to stagnate and the reason why they are stagnating is because they've stopped learning you have to be a constant student come on church are you there you have to be a student all the time a disciplined learner all the time that's why the Bible says again I say myth number one is very simple being in church means I'm discipled no it no it doesn't it's awesome and I and I see all the numbers here in front of me it's awesome everybody that is here I love it it's called the church but the power of the church is in the small church in the big church the power of the church lies in somebody that loves you enough that speaks to you I'll say it uh, like this you know in my own life I I had a I had a praying mom I had a mom that loved God passionately she was a praying woman and I I could never sin privately because mom's prayer life was everywhere <laughs> true story I'll be in a club and I'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit I'll be drawing here and being there and I could never go where, where the Holy Spirit won't go he followed me everywhere and eventually I gave up went home I said I'm here now I said I can't sin in private so I'm coming back home the power of people that loves you that speaks life to you cannot be measured in this life to be measured in eternity I remember and thank be to God I listened to my father 
You know, I've been married for 18 years to one beautiful woman. But I remember there was a time before her that I would bring a girl home and my dad would say, what in the heavens are you thinking? There's something wrong with you that you miss 18 years of education. But he loved me enough to speak the truth to me. I remember as a young man, I went to my dad, 18, I said, I think I need a break from schooling. He said, listen, as long as I'm paying and your beard is this long, you will get a degree. I said, but everybody's taking a gap. He said, you take no gap, go and study. We need moms and dads and we need older people that tell the younger people, please get an education. true kids can't ride on your back I know you love them but tell them go and study many children are riding on mom and dad's success no to go tell them go work because if you don't teach them the discipline of work you're teaching them the discipline of failure if you don't tell that kid to rise up early in the morning and work for their own food and work for themselves there came a day in my life, I promise you, honest to the Lord, there came a day in my life when my dad said to me, if you stay longer a year, you're going to start to pay rent now. I was like, listen, I've been here for the last 22 years. What do you mean? It's like it's too long. Time to pay. He taught me the discipline of coming to church. He taught me the discipline of perseverance. There was times in my life where I wanted to give up, times in my life that I wanted to quit. He taught me never ever quit. He taught me perseverance. He taught me to stand up early in the morning and spend time with God. He taught me to love one wife and one wife only. He taught me to love the Word. He taught me to love the Holy Spirit. He taught me to love praise and worship. He taught me to love His people. I never knew that I would need all the lessons. You are the product of somebody discipling you. Why can I not be unfaithful to my wife? Because it's been modeled to me never to be unfaithful. How can I love one wife? Because it's been modeled to me to love one wife. Oh, come on church, give God some praise. I remember a, a time in our, in our, in our yes, I don't know, yes, I think that's why we have certain issues. But anyway, the, I'm teasing when I say that. In holiday, we had, a, we had a, a lady that worked at our house. I don't think, I don't know if my, my mom instructed her, but six o'clock in the morning, vacuum cleaner. I was like, it's holiday, man. And my mom had this thing about it. She said, if you stand up early, you have longer holiday in the day. I was like, huh? How does that work? I want to sleep. She was like, no, 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 get up. She said this, lazy people are never winners. Don't teach your children to be lazy. Six o'clock, wake them up. Come walk into that room early in the morning, 6 a.m. Come on, moms and dads, you need to be active again. 
When that child hangs out with weird people, you walk right in there and say, get out of this child's life, leave this house, no longer to be present. Sorry to say, I raised this child, I raised this daughter, they are mine. If you don't show up, the devil most definitely will. It's time to show up. The power of a discipled life. I had a, I had a, a life group leader, his name was Squibus. Oh, I'll tell you the truth. Quibus will phone me on a Wednesday. If I don't show up on a Thursday, he will show up on a Thursday. He will, uh, and eventually on a Friday, if I skip the life group on a, on, a, on a Thursday, then on a Friday he'll show up at my place of st- where I studied at Tux. And eventually I went to life group because I feared Quibus. It's true. Honest to God, it's a true story. And when you sit in that life group, if Quibus is life group, you couldn't just sit. You had to give a word to somebody, pray for somebody, flow in the gifts. No, there was nothing like laziness. You had to have a word. You had to pray. Taught us from young, flow in the gifts. So we shook off that fear. Now that we're older, we have got no fear to flow in any gifts. Why? We were taught that way. We were taught young, 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 young. Honor the Lord. Come on guys, are you with me? Then one of the myths as as I say, no, I'm in church, I'm being discipled. No, you're not. This is not discipleship. You need somebody. Then second myth, you're too busy. No, you're not. Change your schedule. You always make time for things that matter. It's true. You make time. Make time. Third reason why people don't get discipled. I'm too successful. It's a dangerous question. A dangerous sentence that. I'm too successful. Really? Fourth one, why we are not getting discipled is because we believe discipleship is for other Christians. No, those other guys, those people. We don't do it. Well, let's go back to the scripture. Listen to the scripture. It's important for us to understand it. All authority in heaven has been given to me. That's the master speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples. It's not optional. It's a command. Come on, church. Are you guys there? Are you with me? I love you, but I'm speaking the truth to you. If you are not being discipled, you are being discipled. Let me say that again. If you are not being discipled, you are being discipled. Something is discipling you. Your pain can disciple you. Your trauma can disciple you. Your circumstances can disciple you. Your work can disciple you. But you will be a product of whatever disciples you. So for me to know what is discipling you, I just need to listen to you talking. If you talk about your fear and your worry the whole time, that's discipling you right now. If you talk about your money the whole time, money is discipling you. Money, by the way, is Satan's faith. That's why whenever God blesses His people, He gives them money. Why? He takes Satan's faith away. The prince of this world is coming. Fear not. He has no hold in me, Jesus says. Come on, are you there? But whatever is overflowing out of your mouth, that's what's discipling you. And I want to call you to discipleship this morning and I I want to beckon you to it. And I'll close with this. 
I want to I want you just to listen to me very carefully how is this possible I want to leave a statement of you how is it possible that Judas hangs out with Jesus Judas hangs out with Jesus Judas hangs out with Jesus yet Judas becomes a betrayer how is this possible this man saw signs he saw wonders he saw miracles yet he becomes a betrayer how is this possible answer his body was present his heart was never Judas was in the crowd of Jesus he was part of the 12 yet he never let his heart engage you know how dangerous this is and you know why we can get away with it please listen to me very carefully I'm gonna say something very very strong now I don't mean this to, to offend you but I'm gonna say it anyway you know how we get away with this we get away with being amidst people and being disconnected from with our hearts until we come into trouble. When we're in trouble, we need people. But as long as we are not in trouble, we can get away with it. And then God brings you trouble. And suddenly you need people. Because who do you phone? Come on guys, are you there? Who do you phone? Who do you call? Who do you call? Can I tell you who? People. So if people matter in crisis, people matter in life. Let me leave this thought with you. If I'm going to have any funeral in this church, which we have a lot of from time to time, please note that when the pictures come up, it's not you in your first day with your with your bag going to work or you making a copy there at your job or you smiling there at Nissan at your workplace nor is it you in your, in your work clothes making your sami or, or your, your, your punch that thing that you punch in your time take this quick picture go no the pictures that we see it's you with your wife, you with your children, you with other family members laughing, right? Why do we bring those pictures to, to the funeral? Because your life is the amount of memories you collect with other people. So yes, it's the bottom line. Don't live a life where you're standing by the copier the whole day. And then at one day you, no, live a life making many memories with people that really love you. Come on guys. It's called discipleship. If you walk into my house right now against my wall, you'll just see pictures pictures of memories pictures of people why we value what he values that's called people amen so in this month of discipleship I want to encourage you and I want to exhort you and I want to I want to say get discipled get into a group get into get into somewhere 
I thought this morning as I drove here, I must, I must start something for the business people that I can get these business people together that you can think with God because God wants you to be a success. That you can be an awesome success. But we cannot live this life not being discipled. It's not worth it. Come on guys, are you there? It's not a, it's not a suggestion. This is a command from the Lord. And I want to encourage you to do it. I promise you, you can do it much better if you listen. And I'll close with this. Let everybody catch what I'm saying. You can do life twice, twice more successful. Maybe even five times more successful. If you allow people to speak to you. And say, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Come on, are you, are you with me? Let me use an example that you guys, everybody can catch what I'm saying. Have you ever been to the gym and, and you see these people exercising weirdly? <laughs> Who of you have been there? Who of you have seen that? Why is that so? Because they have an idea in their head, that's how you do it. And all of us are standing and like, yeah, what are you doing? And then you need somebody that says, no, correct your posture. Are you there? You don't, don't know, don't do it that way. Do it this way. For an example, if you are an exercise person, I'll really leave with this. I just want us to grab hold of the principle. It's not so much what you do in the gym, it's what you do in the kitchen. Because you can't go and exercise and then there by KFC, like, no, I just, I just did it. I just, I just ran a, 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 a 10 kilometers. Well, now you are eating up all of that and more. Then you get onto the scale, then the next three, four days, you're like, what's happening here? I'm gymming, I'm exercising, I'm even wearing Nike. You're doing it wrong. Is the lights going on? But God, I'm doing Christianity. I, I don't know. I, I, it's nothing is working. My marriage is a mess. My children don't like me. What's going on? You're doing it wrong. We have to change how we see it. Because if you can change how you see it, you'll live correctly. Come on, give the Lord some praise. And I promise you this, if you choose discipleship, God's going to take you on an adventure. He's going to allow people in your life that's going to talk to you that sometimes you're not going to like. You're going to say, who are you to talk to me like that? That's exactly why you need somebody to talk to you. Because if somebody doesn't talk to you now, you're going to mess it up in the future. Somebody doesn't address that rebellion now, that anger now. Come on. Come on church, are you with me? I remember, I'll leave you with one story. My dad was like this. My dad loved stuff neat. That's why this church is neat and I'm neat and everything that I do is neat because I believe in excellence. Excellence is not something I do. It's, some, it's a, you have a spirit of excellence or you don't. 
And excellence doesn't cost you money. Because everybody can buy soap. So my dad will do it like this. He'll walk past my room when I was a young boy. Like, uh-uh. He'll check. Mm-hmm. He'll walk. And then he'll, no, uh-uh. And then he'll just close the door and come straight to me. And he says this, you have 30 seconds. That means run to the room, pick up the towel, make the bed, get it clean. Now I'm an older man. I have my house by myself, my kids by myself. I promise if I walk past and I... Uh, Mm-mm. No, no. Pick it up. Because I'm training them to become a success in life. That's why you'll never see any of my children. They're not, they don't have unironed clothes. Why? Because what you present is what you receive. Iron your clothes. Okay, I'll leave you there. Are you guys there? Oh, I can tell you many stories. Young boy, my dad will say, come, we iron it like this. Because if I don't teach, you're going to iron it with a stripe down there. And that's not cool. Let me teach you to do it right. What am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you, you need help. I need help. And that's why you can be awesome, because you do need help. Amen. Come on, give yourself a round of applause. Awesome people. Come on. You need to understand that God wants to maximize your life. And because He wants to maximize your life, God wants to give you the very best. But because God wants you to give you the very best, and I'm sorry I'm over my time. God wants you to give you, because God wants you to, to give you the very best, He doesn't want you to do life by yourself. He wants you to become a steward. He wants you to be the best version of you. Amen. This morning is just a part of what I, I want to do. The first thing I... I want to do just together is that this morning we are taking in 118 new members. 118. Come on, God is adding to the church and He's adding rapidly. Are you there? And uh, I received such a good report from Cape Town as I was standing here. Awesome news from Durban. Durban is growing and expanding. I'm so happy. Look what the Lord has done. But this morning, we just want to pray for every single one of these beautiful names that is going to run up on the screen. Why don't you guys just put that up quickly for me? Not that, the new member names. Sam, we don't need to sing the song. We need to take in the new members. There we are. Look at that names. Second one. There we go, 118 new members. And so this morning, we as a church, we just want to say, welcome home. Welcome to the family. Come on, won't you just give them some honor and some praise? Won't you stand to your feet quickly? Come on, let's just give them some honor. Let's welcome them home, 118 new members. Come on, empower. 
Can you give Jesus some praise that He's still saving people and He's still bringing people back home? Amen and amen. You're welcome to be seated. And this morning as well, what I just want to do for just for a minute or so, uh, tomorrow, I love Jesus the most, but uh, tomorrow it's uh, the girl that, that I love of all of my heart. It's her birthday tomorrow. And tomorrow she turns 38. That's still very young. Why don't you come to the stage, my girl? And uh, why don't you just give her a... Why don't you just honor her as she comes? And I was thinking as she was praying, you know, here at the green, st at the hobby at the back, we have a TV and uh, we can see what you're doing in church. So she was standing and praying. I was thinking, yeah. That girl is pretty young. Uh, may you always speak about your wife like that. May your wife always make your blood like go woo. -hoo. Amen. So we just want to give us some gifts as a family. Can I ask you just to stand just for a moment? As I pray for Shannon, and I uh, can I ask the, can you just stretch out your hands? Can I ask the pastors to quickly come and the Rehart and Pastor Eric and Pastor Simonai quickly run? You know, it's an honor to be a family. Amen. That's why we shared it with you because you're family to us and we're family to you. So we just want to pray together. Can we pray together? Can you stretch out your hands, please, everybody? Thank you. Father, thank you that in this day, Lord Jesus, Father, thank you that I can pray for my shadow. Father, thank you. Father, I can pray, Lord, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you always. Father, thank you for this godly woman. Thank you for this pure woman. Thank you for a godly wife. Thank you for a pure wife. Thank you for a helper. Thank you for a confidant. Thank you for a friend. Jesus, thank you for life together. Lord, we bless her in this day as a church, as a mom of this house. Lord, and Durban I include and Cape Town. What a privilege. We thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Come on, won't you just give her a God bless you. May your wife be as pretty as that. Say, I receive. Woo You're welcome to be seated. Oh. My dad always said, please just marry a pretty girl and a clean girl and a holy girl. I said, yes, dad. And so we did that. Amen. Come on. Why don't you give Jesus just 10 seconds where you are. Empower this morning before I hand over. I, I want to encourage you and say this never live a life less than your potential. I'll leave you with that. Never live a life less than a potential, your potential. You have been made to do nothing le less but to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. 
You have been called to live the abundant life. Now live the abundant life. Amen. Come on, I love you. I'll see you tonight at five o'clock. Let's give Jesus some more praise just for a moment. Come on, give him some proper, 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 proper praise. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, take 10 seconds, get to those feet of yours and just give him some proper praise in this place. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Come on, empower. Honor the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, Empower Church. It's good to see all of you. I trust that you've been empowered and encouraged this morning. I wonder if we can uh, agree to something this morning. As we are going to be journeying through the month of June, speaking about discipleship, could we open ourselves up to be discipled in the area of finances as well? I know, I know normally when we speak about finances, then our necks get somewhat stiff and um, some of us switch off. But we want to we wanna journey with you in this process of discipleship and not just try and get you to connect to a process, but to start that process of discipleship. So we do speak into one another's life. And there's some, some things that over the last couple of years, God has opened to us as a, as a church and as a leadership around finances. And we've seen the hand of the Lord moved in, in, in beautiful ways in our lives. And we wanna share that with you. And I wanna say again to all our first time visitors, in this church, we don't speak about money for our sake. We speak about finances for your sake. And if you would allow me over the next couple of weeks as we journey together on Sundays as well, that I could maybe just share some thoughts with you around finances and that you would open your heart to receive what God wants to give. Is that all right? Is that all right, everybody? Thank you to the half of you that said amen. Mark chapter number 12, if you would allow me two minutes, I wanna share something with you and then we're gonna honor the Lord with our giving and then we're gonna just do one or two practical things and um, then we're gonna close from there. So in Mark chapter number 12, we find the story of Jesus going to the temple courts and He actually goes to the offering basket if I may use that terminology, in our things today, it would be like there at our, our giving station in the front where we're gonna be giving in a moment. Jesus goes and He sits there at the offering bowl and He looks how people come and give their offering. Somewhat awkward. Can you imagine if I say, okay, let's give unto the Lord and then I go stand there and then everybody that gives, I... But that's what Jesus did. He stands there and He, and he, and he looks at what people give. And His disciples, disciples are there with Him. And there comes this lady, you know the story, and she gives two small copper coins. The Bible says it's less than a penny, nothing. And she throws that into the, the offering bowl. And Jesus says to His disciples, I tell you this, that lady has given more than everybody. It's because she gave everything that she had, said the Bible. And I want to share this principle with you this morning. I don't want to get into, because sometimes we read that parable, uh, that story, and we say, oh, it's not about the amount. Or some people would say, well, it is about, listen, it's about the trust that that lady placed in Jesus. It's about the trust that she placed in God. And I want to say to you this morning that there's no other place that you can put your trust regarding finances than in God. You can't trust the financial systems of this world. You can't trust that your uncle that's rich will give you something at the end of the month. You can't trust your employer. You can't put your trust in anything but God. And our trust is not just in God when we have little. Often our trust is shown when we have plenty. 
I'm not sure if I'm still speaking to the right church. You see, sometimes it's, it's more difficult to really give with that kind of a heart, with that abundant, generous giving, if I've got plenty, than what it is when I have little. And I wanna to say to you this morning, it, it doesn't matter what you throw in that offering bowl, whether you're giving your tithe, sowing a seed, giving an offering, I wanna to say to you this morning, whatever you give, you have to give it with your trust in Him. He's the only one that can never fail you. He's the only one that can sustain you. Your employer can fail you. Your uncle that's rich can fail you. The systems of this world can fail you. The banking system can fail you. But God cannot fail you. Put your trust in Him and give in a way that shows your trust in God. See, that's why I believe Jesus challenges us in the area of, of tithing. Because there's not one person that I know that ventured out into that step of obedience to start tithing and having a 10% like hanging around somewhere in their account. To every single person that stepped out into that area of obedience, stepped out in faith. Everybody that started tithing, started tithing with their trust in God. And that's where God wants our trust. And even if you feel like I don't have enough, Put your faith in Him because He is the one that is able to multiply whatever you give Him. And I wanna pray that in this morning that there will be a, a faith, a trust, an unwavering belief that He is the one that sustains us. I tell you now, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. It doesn't matter how the financial systems of this world will shift and it will. If your trust is in God, you cannot fail. Connect yourself to the ultimate source, to the one that is faithful. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you for every single person that's here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have given to them whatever they will be giving this morning. But Lord, in this morning, we come with hearts that is devoted to you. God, we put our faith, our trust unwavering in you. Not in the systems of this world, not in our own ability to create an income for ourselves, not in our ability to budget well, not in the what if somebody else might help me. God, we put our trust in you. And Father, I thank you that you are more than enough. Pray for people that as I give this morning, that they will give with a unwavering trust in the Lord their maker, the one that they can call their provider. And God, that is my prayer, that every single person here those giving online as well will know you as their provider. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you agree, won't you say amen? Amen, amen and amen. Can we honour the Lord with our giving this morning? We've got some giving stations around the auditorium, giving details on the screens. Let's take a moment, give unto the Lord, and then we'll jump into one or two things before we close. Thanks so much.
Give him some praise this morning. So as part of our discipleship focus um, heading into June, we're going to be doing our services somewhat different. Um, one of the things that we will be doing from today forward is at the end of each service, if there's anybody that needs prayer for something specific, we're going to ask our life group leaders to come and join us here in the front. And after the service, you just welcome. If there's a prayer need that you have, um, they'll be here praying for you. Maybe I can ask all our life group leaders currently present in the service, won't you stand? All our life group leaders, would you stand with me, please? I just wanted to say, I see some of you still sitting and I see all of them standing at the back there. Super, so I see a lot of them not here. Okay, thank you. Can we just, I, I, before you take your seats, I just want you to know in this church that the people that lead our life groups are people that's not just devoted to loving God, 
but it's people devoted to loving people. And it is our absolute privilege to call them leaders in this church. So thank you to all our life group leaders. You're welcome to be seated for joining us here at the front after the service. And if you need prayer for anything specific, come and join us. We'd love to pray for you. So what we're going to be doing um, every Sunday for the next couple of weeks is we're going to be sharing some testimonies as well. We're going to be speaking a lot about life groups. And, um, and our heart is really that every single person will be in a life group in this church that you'll be connected into a small group of people that you can call family and you can journey with, disciple, and, and, and just love God together. But it's one thing to hear it from, from me or from Prophet or from some of the other pastors, but we wanna share some testimonies from different people on how a life group has changed their life. So this morning, I'm gonna ask Dion to come and share with us. Would you give Dion a hand as he comes? Fine looking man. And Dion's gonna be sharing his testimony just around how a life group has impacted his life. And then I'm gonna actually need to one or two practical things and then we'll close from there. Thanks, Dion. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Eric. Um, I just firstly, foremost, I just wanna honor uh, Prophet and Pastor Shannon um, allowing us to, to, to testify our, our testimonies. And uh, yeah, uh, it was four years ago, um, I, lost, I lost my business, I lost uh, a parent. And um, three years, Oh, well, three years back, we joined a life group. Um, the couple were, were awesome. Um, I was broken, I was lost. And uh, when we arrived uh, on Zoom that time, it, it was still lockdown. And it was quite, yeah, quite, quite different. Um, and the couple were, were heavy, were heavy, uh, lovable and energetic and uh, allowing us to step out of our comfort zone just to share our thoughts and, um, but when I walk in the life group area and when I walked out, I was completely, completely healed, healed from, from my, my hurt, healed from, from anything that, that was hindering me for my purpose. And while, while we were journeying together with, with this awesome, awesome couple and uh, they just loved us unconditionally. They loved us from day one. And through that love, I, I accept my calling. I, I could see my identity and God just elevated me as well because there was a couple that's loving us unconditionally and I received the love of God. So as I, I am a product, I'm a product of, of a leadership that loved me so much that, that I am completely healed um, from, from today. So yeah, it was awesome. Thanks, Dion. So Dion and his wife, Francesca, they lead a life group themselves now. And they are fantastic life group leaders. They have the privilege to now duplicate what was invested in their lives. Same care, the same love that they received, they can now give to others. And there's one word that Dion used that I wanna emphasize this morning, my last sentence regarding life groups, is that it was in that life group where purpose was unlocked in his life. And I tell you now, looking back in my own life, 2005, when I joined a life group in this church, it was there where purpose was unlocked in my life as well. And you might sit here this morning saying, man, I don't really know what God wants to do with my life. I don't know what my purpose is in life. I tell you now, join a family of believers. Get connected to a life group. You might feel like, yes, I don't know if I wanna pitch at somebody's house now on a Thursday or on a Zoom. I tell you now, it will change your life. And every person that's in this church connected to a life group will tell you that that's where purpose truly started for them. 
That's where God started developing them. You heard from prophet this morning. That's where he started flowing in the gifts. That's where you see the Lord starting to use your life. And I wanna encourage every single person here, get connected. You'll be hearing us saying that week in, week out, and we will say it until you believe it. Because that's Jesus' model. Jesus called 12 people to himself and he journeyed with them. He had life together. Come and have life with us in this church. We've got a connect corner there at the back and one in our eastern foyer. And we wanna ask you as we close the service in a minute or two from now, that you will come and chat to some of our pastors. Just give us your detail. Allow us to give you a call in the week, explain the process, how to get connected, where you'll be slotting in, who's your leaders. And, um, and that's all we want from you. Just give us your details and come and start this journey with us. I promise you, it will change your life. If you are between the ages of 13 and 35, meaning you're either youth, students, or young adults directly behind the sound desk, there's a table for all our young people. Young people, connect us there. All the rest at our two connect corners. Come and chat to us after the service. It'll be great to get your details and just journey together. Couple of announcements from my side. Firstly, our young adult camp. Is that all the young adults we've got in this church? Everybody between 19 and 35. Let's try that again. Our young adult camp. 7 to 9 July. 7 to 9 July. I, I promise you it will change your life. I got saved at a young adult camp. And I tell you now, if you go to a young adult camp, it will change your life. If you've got a, a table there in the foyer, come and chat to Wade, Jamie, the rest of the leaders there. Sign up for this camp, 7 to 9 July. It's just around the corner. It will change your life. If you, if you know somebody, a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, they don't have to be a member or part of this church. Anybody's welcome. Come and sign up. It's gonna be a life-changing weekend. Then our marriage camp, 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 also coming up. I see you, my brother. Were you at last year's camp? Exactly. All right. Um, I want to encourage every married couple, and we can only take 50 couples. Unfortunately, there's no way that we can work that. And our biggest problem every year is, is, is how do we manage the over 50 number? to try and accommodate everybody. So I really want to encourage you, please sign up. The registrations are open. You can chat to somebody at the Connect Corner, but it will change your marriage. It really will. And, and our marriage camps are not just for people that's got a marriage in trouble. It's an investment that you make in your marriage. We've got a couple that has been on eight marriage camps, like true story, they're in this church still. They can testify, maybe they should next Sunday, of how those camps just revitalizes and refreshes your marriage every single year. If your marriage is in trouble, then you've got to sign up as well. I promise you, God will intervene in your marriage um, in an incredible way. So 50 spots available, registrations are open. Please register, sign up. It's gonna be a life-changing weekend. Then last but not least, this coming week, we're gonna be praying together again. Tuesday morning at seven, Friday morning at seven, and Tuesday evening, that's on Facebook. And then Tuesday evening, six o'clock, right here in the main auditorium. Come and join us for our revival prayer. Let's pray together. Let's contend together. God's doing amazing things in those times. And let's believe the Lord. Even Tuesday night, that we'll have a glorious time in His presence. Amen. Won't you stand with me, church? I'd love to pray for you. Bless you. Send you into this week. Please take a moment. You don't have to run home immediately. It's still morning for like another minute. Grab somebody. Stick them for coffee. Sign up for a life group. Come and chat to some of our leaders. And then have an awesome Sunday afternoon. We can't wait to see you.
tonight. Father, I thank You for this morning. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for that invitation of discipleship. God, we wanna respond this morning boldly and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I wanna be discipled. I wanna be a follower of Jesus Christ. I wanna look like the Master. Thank You that we can be transformed into the image of Christ daily. And I thank You for every person in this church, every pastor, every shepherd, every life group leader that have devoted themselves to journey with people in that process. I honour them this morning and I pray for people that's not yet connected. May they respond in this day to say, that's me. I wanna see my life change as well. I wanna become more like Jesus. And Lord, I thank You that You are the one that guides us, leads us, help us as we go. God, we love You, we honour You, we just say thank You that we could be here this morning to praise You, to worship You, to give You honour. We love You with all of our hearts. God, I bless Your people, I bless their families, and I pray over their week that they will have a blessed week as they live the empowered life. Come on, if you agree with that, won't you say amen? amen. Let's say amen again. Amen and amen. Have an awesome Sunday. See you tonight.